There's a lab that was discovered in California, in the middle of California, in a small town. It was Chinese and it had 20 viral diseases that they were experimenting on this. The citizens, the people of Ridley and Fresno area, you know, they were very worried, you know, what can come out of that lab. And there were a thousand mice in there. These mice are genetically modified to contract COVID-19. We have hepatitis, we have all these other dangerous uh, pathogens that were in this lab. This company actually got some funding from our state. That's correct. I believe it was a $360,000 tax credit. So there are a ton of questions here. What was the purpose of this lab? In this special episode, my guests today are Stevie Spass and Lear Joe, investigative reporters from Epoch Times. We also talked to Congressman Kevin Kiley, who along with his colleagues in Congress, have been investigating this lab. Today, they'll talk to us about an unlicensed Chinese biolab that was operating illegally, researching viral diseases here in California. This whole operation was uh, put in place by an international fugitive uh, who had run several companies in China that were directly linked to the CCP. You know, these people change companies, change owners, he changes identity. Wow. Uh, we are dealing with people who come from a system that doesn't necessarily comply with the law. So they really... They have figured out how to use our system against ourselves, yeah. essentially. Yeah, exactly. I'm Siamai Karami. Welcome to California Insider. Steve and Lear, it's great to have you on. Welcome. Good to be here. Nice to be here. We want to talk to you guys about, there's a lab that was discovered in California, in the middle of California, in a small town that it was Chinese and it had 20, potential 20 viral diseases that they were experimenting on this. Can you guys tell us what you found? You guys did some investigative work on this, it went really deep. Can you tell us what was going on in this lab? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was a big story. It was a big story. We had, um, there was a congressional investigation that started as well. There were a couple of articles we did uh, in the beginning, which pretty much covered the story of what, what happened on the surface, how these people worked on this lab and you know, how the lab was closed down and everything. But then uh, we wanted to look into it deeper to kind of see you know, what's really behind it, what's, who's involved and you know, to do more digging. And it took us quite a long time to go through all the details. Uh, but Lear here, he was the first one to discover uh, that there's a Chinese connection with, um, with a, a group of tangled companies that operate all over the world, actually. And they have a very troubling background, you know, both a criminal background and, you know, they try to steal technology from other companies. So as we move along, we realize that they're not only involved in, in the Ridley area, but all over the, you know, at least 10 countries that they were sued and they had the connections to, to California. Um, it all started with this code enforcement, enforcing officer from Ridley, uh, Jesslyn Harper. Uh, and it was a big coincidence. She was driving and then she saw this, this hose coming out of the back of the wall and going back inside the building which is a code violation in the city of Ridley, right? So she simply went in and knocked at the door, and this warehouse is supposed to be empty, supposed to be not used. She walked Based in. Based on the licensing that they have from the city, they exactly. were supposed to be empty. 
Yeah, she knows it's a small town. It's a small town. So she knows the owner, she knows the people, and as far as she knew, it's, it's been leased but not occupied with, with people. So she knocked at the door and she, you know, she wanted to see who's there. And then there were three Chinese ladies, I believe, um, who were packing some test kits, COVID test kits. And then their English was very limited, but you know, in the beginning, they were very friendly to her. They said, oh yeah, you know, how are you? you know, let's give you some information. But then she started walking around the warehouse. And the more she walked around, the more things she discovered that made her very nervous. And the more these three people started to back off and almost push her out of the building to leave. So what she noticed was uh, there were refrigerators and different uh, racks with all these pathogens. And then she would see the name of them. She would open the fridge and say, this is an HIV virus. This is <clears throat> coronavirus. Wow. This is rubella, malaria, hepatitis, you know, you call it, right? They have all these viruses stored in, in different locations. And on top of that, they had uh, like blood or tissue or urine from, from people who would send them for analysis. So for the, she didn't know why it's there, right? So. When she saw this, she walked out of the building and then uh, she went to report this to the FBI the next day um, because it was something that she felt like she's not prepared to deal with. Um, the FBI report, uh, responded pretty quickly. Like the next day, they had uh, agents there to look into the situation. But then they took a whole month, a month and a half, to, quote, analyze the situation and, and see if it's safe for them to go back in the building to do anything. So nothing happened for a month or a month and a half on, on, on the Ridley, city of Ridley side. I had a chance to sit down with Congressman Kevin Kiley, who has actually been investigating this along with his colleagues in Congress. Here's what he had to say. Uh, you know, the local officials are raising alarm about this and trying to get the attention of the CDC. The CDC is basically ignoring it uh, as far as uh, the facts have currently been established. Um, finally, the local congressman there got involved and the CDC decides to come investigate. I think it's absolutely baffling is that the CDC's conduct here was very difficult to understand. Uh, local officials were calling the CDC, trying to get them to come and take a look at this. Uh, you know, we're sending them these uh, alarming reports of what they found. And the CDC did nothing for quite a while. And then even when they did come in uh, and discovered all these suspicious materials, discovered these pathogens in vials where you had, uh, you know, some were labeled, others had a code on them that couldn't even be deciphered. And the CDC didn't test any of the pathogens and other substances, uh, biological materials that were found. They didn't test anything to see what they actually were. And then somehow they just completely missed a whole freezer that actually was labeled with the word Ebola on it. This just somehow evaded their uh, detection. What exactly was going on at the CDC? they didn't take this seriously? And are they sort of dropping the ball in a similar way uh, in uh, other uh, you know, parts of the country where we might have you know, unlicensed, illegal, under the radar uh, facilities doing similarly uh, concerning things as this lab was? After a month and a half, the FBI said it's safe to go back in the building. So they went back in the building and then they looked at all the different pathogens and, and all the different chemicals they found in there, and then they shut down the operation at that time. Now I ask her, when you went back a month and a half later, were some things removed 
or not, you know, because you would think that they got caught, right? So they, so would they try, were removing everything yeah, they remove in this things. time. <laughs> yeah, she said not only was not stuff removed, there were more things in there than initially when she went in. Wow. So, so that surprised me. See, I mean, they didn't seem to care that they'd been busted, right? Um, so that's when she felt like she needs to find an organization that can deal with all the different elements in the, in the, in the, in the warehouse. Uh, and there was not one federal agency. You had to deal with separate agencies, um, the, the Department of Toxic Elements, the FDA, the EPA, there's all these agencies that had to be involved in removing one by one all these things. And if you saw pictures of the warehouse, there's all these huge pallets with boxes everywhere, right? So, you know, they had to open one by one each box, see what's inside, see which agency is responsible for that product. And be careful what is in it, you know, <laughs> exactly. it could be you exactly. know, some diseases yeah. spreading, you know. That's right, so they had to have the mask and everything, but you don't know what's in there, right? So once you open it up, you have to have the right agency. So this took a few months, and then finally they, they got rid of everything, and then supposedly the, the issue calmed down. But there was also rats there too. There were some mice or rats. Was was there? That's they were doing experiments on them. Right? That's right. I'm glad you bring that up. There were a thousand mice in there, and what was interesting with the mice is that, and that's the reason why the hose was sticking out from the outside to the inside, because they needed to give water to the mice. And I guess for some reason there's no plumbing where the mice were, so they had a hose going in. <clears throat> so the the funny thing with the mice is that. Um, and this is again, Lear did the investigation. The mice apparently don't get uh, COVID, right? Is yeah, uh, there is a report, you know, uh, during the COVID, uh, COVID uh, pandemic, uh, there's a report said that uh, uh, mice don't get COVID. So in order to, uh, to let mice get COVID, they have to uh, be genetic modified. This uh, genetic modified, specifically for, uh, for mice to contract COVID-19 is very expensive you know, at that time. So do you think they were doing that with this mice? Is there any reports on what were they doing you know, with this mice? You when the first, uh, first time, uh, uh, another in inspector, Prado, you know, uh, inspected that place, that warehouse in Ridley, they told him that uh, the, the, these mice are genetically modified to contract wow. COVID-19. So wow. That's in the that's in a court or court document. Wow! So the mice was genetically modified. That's to right. Be, that's wow. right. And this explains an email we saw quite a bit later, towards the end of our investigation, where the the president of this company, Universal Meditech, which is the company that was renting the warehouse in Ridley, the lady sent an email to the code enforcing officer. She says. Please be very careful with the mice, you know, because we invested so much money in these mice. We, we don't want to wow. lose the mice, right? And apparently she said, you know, that she was in China. She's trying to get a visa to come to the U.S. to take care of the mice. How, how true that was, it's a different story. But they were very careful how to deal with the mice. Um, finally, the city really had to euthanize the mice because they had no other way to deal with them. And they didn't know what viruses they carry and all that. So... They, they did that after a month of feeding them, but after finding the correct way to, to get rid of them, they were able to euthanize them, what they call humanely euthanize them. All this stuff was moved out of the warehouse after a few months. Um, <clears throat> and then we started to look into who's behind this lab. And 
again, Lear found out that there's someone by the name of Jesse Jew who seems to be, have been involved uh, with different companies around in Canada and, and Hong Kong and the US that had to do with uh, biological labs and, and things like this. But we only had one piece of information that Jesse Jew was involved with Universal Meditech. And there was a 2015 article from Visalia Delta Times. This is a, news, a local newspaper, very small paper in the city of Tulare, which is next to Fresno. And it said that Jesse Jew, as the CEO of Universal Meditech, welcomes, you know, opens up this new company, basically, in, in, in the city of Tulare. It's like a press PR. Exactly. About them starting a company. That's right. But when we look up all the information, uh, the, the business filings for that company, his name does not appear anywhere in the business filings, going all the way back to 2015. So it was a little bit of a shaky ground. We felt that we need to do more investigation to see if it's really involved because there's no proof other than an article that's you know, eight years ago and we, we had no way to even contact those people at the time. And then and again, we what looked. did you guys find? You looked into, you were more, you were more in depth. You went in and you actually went back to some of those well, connections. Yeah. So what we did is we we were able to find basically the, the story of Jesse Ju of how he was involved. Uh, he grew up in, in China. He went to a medical school in China in Beijing University, um, and then he he went to he moved to Canada in '91. And then he started a company called IND Deritech. Right. He founded a company in '91. And then the goal of this company was to increase the milk production of, of cattle for China. So he would ship cattle from Canada to China. This Holstein, it's called Holstein. It's a very famous cattle that it's very rich in milk, right? That was his initial business, right? Everything seemed legit. A few years later, he decided to switch his, his focus on his company on uh, creating... Um, embryos and sexed uh, uh, embryos that can actually create m uh, female um, cattle. Wow. So instead of, of shipping the cattle to China, to actually he can create, actually ship yeah. the embryos and then when they, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, so he got involved into this business and then um, he worked with a company called XY LLC, which is from Colorado, but has an office in Canada as well. And this company was the leading company worldwide in the sex technology, where they can determine the, the sex of the offspring of the cattle, right? So it all went well until 2008, when this company sued Jesse Ju and his company, Jing Jing Genetics, for fraud and for stealing their technology and basically uh, acquiring the intellectual property to, to, to use this technology. So they were copying. Exactly. They were copying it. So from this lawsuit on, it only got worse for them. Which is a trend. Like there's a lot of Chinese companies that copy the American technology and then they, uh-huh. That, that's exactly right. Yeah, it, it's, it's a trend. But now we kind of saw it live, you know, happening, you know, in, in, this, in this example. So a few years later, um, he was sued, uh, uh, there was a ruling that um, uh, ruled for $8.5 million that he had to pay for this technology that, that was stolen. So he was convicted of, of, That's of right. That's stealing right. the technology. That's right. And this was in Canada um, in 2012. No, 2000, 2008 he was sued. 2012 he was convicted, right? Um, 
he appealed, he appealed, and then, you know, this is the, the, the loopholes in, in lawsuits, right? Because you can keep appealing and delay the, the process. But finally, um, I think it was 2014 that he was convicted for six months in jail because he would not pay, you know, the actual amount that was money. And then he fled Canada. He fled Canada, and what we found later, a year later, he started the company in Fresno. Uh, you know, so he just moved from Canada to Fresno. Now, there's several other companies involved that were also sued, you know, that he owned. They were sued for similar crimes, basically stealing technology or fraud, defraud. Um, some of the rulings from the Canada ru uh, lawsuit mentions that they, they got some of the testimony from, uh, from different people who work with him, and they said that he did not on paper control of these, all these companies, but everyone in the circle knew that he's the actual owner or he has the final say of who does what. So this really reminded me of being a good script for uh, a Godfather 4 movie, you know, where you so really... He was, he was really behind the scenes, but he didn't have the companies in his name, but he would tell people what to do. Is e that exactly, exactly, yeah. And then he would even tell, you know, you own this company, you have 95% of the shares, and the people who ask that, you know, would be his brother-in-law or his wife or his sister-in-law or whatever, but they would be hesitant to do that, but he kind of forced them into so that he can maintain control. Before we continue, we would like to thank Shen Yun for sponsoring this channel. I lived in China for two years and experienced two different Chinas. One is the China we know now, unfortunately with communism. And the other is ancient Chinese culture with 5,000 years of history, strong values, ethics and morality that has been lost. Shenyun Performing Arts is reviving this 5,000 years of Chinese traditional culture. It takes you back in time to magical world of ancient China with a unique blend of brilliant dancing, beautiful costumes and legends coming to life. Go to shenyun.com to find out the schedule and theater information. It's a lifetime experience you don't want to miss. Just so inspiring, it makes me want to go dance. Breathtaking, it's very impressed. I'm taking my program and I'm going to mention it on the news because I think it's a great performance and people should see it. What I loved about the show was the authenticity of it. It was taking me on a journey. Exceptional, the technique involved it. The thousands of hours of training People just float. Everything was exact, and then they worked to the exact moment, and it was beautiful. You go away feeling with a smile in your heart from it. Have to come. Life-changing. Make sure you see it. Make sure you see it. Don't wait. Don't Get your tickets wait. now. So, so, Leah, when you looked into this, you, you kind of trace back all, the, all these things back to, there was, there was uh, a connection to Hong Kong, right, as well? Uh, yeah, uh, actually, the Hong Kong story is, uh, is after uh, uh, they, uh, they get convicted in Canada. Uh, the the LYLC, you know, sued uh, one, a company they, they think that belongs to uh, Jesse Zhu that's in Hong Kong, so that's, so, so they, bro uh, they, they are, they are su su suing, suing them for, uh, for uh, and force them to pay the pay the, the court order, you know, uh, the fines. So, the, the reason why the Hong Kong uh, lawsuit was actually quite unique 
is that normally <clears throat> to sue, let, let's say for example, I sue you, you're in, in the US, right? And then you, you say, I can't pay you, right? But I find out that you control a company in Hong Kong that, that, that has, has $8.5 million, yeah. dollars, right? So, but that's a different jurisdiction, right? So to sue the, the same person in a different country is usually very difficult. But the case was so strong that XYLLC were able to do that and the court took the case and actually had a ruling as well in Hong Kong. So he, he, had, you know, he had to pay the 8.5 million in Hong Kong. He faced uh, you know, tens of millions of dollar judgment uh, in, in Canada. So he fled to the US uh, and then started the company that was behind this lab. Uh, and then he was continuing to receive payments from CCP linked banks while he was operating uh, the lab. And uh, they, this company actually got some funding from our, our state? Well, that's correct. There was a, I believe it was a $360,000 uh, tax credit that was offered up to the company by the Newsom administration. And as far as I'm aware, I haven't heard anything uh, from the governor on this topic about this lab. And in your reporting, there was a part where you had that there was text messages to somebody or emails that he had said, we want the XYZ company to go bankrupt, like, and then we can go buy them or something, something like that. That's exactly right. Yeah, there's a lot of testimony and a lot of emails and text messages in which you can see the pattern of the employees, including Jesse Jew, discussing how to defraud the company, how to make it weaker, even through the lawsuit to make it weaker and then they say, then we can buy it or it's gonna go bankrupt. And, and this has happened before, like with a number of Chinese companies coming, stealing the technology from US, starting another company, offering low prices for their product, making money and then coming and buying the parent, the, the actual inventor of the technology here in the US. I think it happened with the Segway, you know, the, the mm -hmm. Segways, yeah. And there's a famous quote from Jesse Jew that was mentioned in one of the rulings in which he responds to one of his partners saying that the law is strong, but the outlaws are 10 times stronger. Wow. So they really give They have the figured out how to use our system against ourselves, yeah. essentially. Yeah, exactly. So what happens afterwards is that pretty much the whole operation moved to the US. Now, we really only scratched the surface because we looked at all these companies. There's two companies in the US, Prestige Biotech and Universal Meditech. There could be a lot more. There could be a lot more. And it's difficult, and these are just the ones that were exposed to in the In this one specific in instant, do you think there's a lot more of these that we may not know anything about, right? Yeah, well, you know, once we were almost done with the investigation, we did some research on a, on a global uh, law firm uh, VLX.com. It, it's, it's an intelligence um, uh, firm that deals with lawsuits, right? So you can search pretty much all the lawsuits worldwide. And Universal Meditech, we thought it's just this issue that we're talking about. It was involved in 132 lawsuits wow. in 10 countries. 10 countries. And then we did a little bit of research. There's countries like Uruguay, Spain, of course, Hong Kong, Canada. But again, it's just the surface. It's just the surface. How big the network is, it's, it's hard to say. Like this is an issue of, uh, of international uh, politics in terms of the, uh, the relationship of the United States to China and the, uh, the influence that the CCP is trying to exert uh, in the United States in so many different ways, as we know, at our universities and buying land, 
uh, and so many in our schools and education, so many other ways. Uh, and so uh, I don't really know why it is that, and you know, when you look at the facts of this, it's almost stranger than fiction. You know, the individual uh, behind this uh, lab, uh, the fugitive who, who started it up. I mean, these facts are just really incredible, not the sort of thing you read in a newspaper every day. And so um, it does, it is, is puzzling. Uh, why you haven't seen this become something that the, the the national media has taken a greater interest in. And you know, the fraud is only one small part of it. Imagine the viruses that they had in that lab and the, the, the mice and the impact of that. We're, we, were just, we just had a pandemic a few years ago and imagine what could have come out of a facility like this. That's exactly right. And there was a concern of the people, the, the citizens, the people of Ridley and Fresno area. You know, they were very worried, you know, what can come out of that lab and to, to, to harm them. Nothing happened, you know, maybe it was just luck. You know, there's no indication that they were using this as a bioweapon or, or anything like that. It sounds like more like fraudulent. Fraudulent and trying to make money. But again, the extent to how deep this goes, it was very surprising to us. And did you guys uh, see any, any flaws in our system here in California for recognizing uh, a situation like this? Or? Yeah, well, um, it seems like first it was the issue that the code officers mentioned that uh, there's no but one single entity that can deal with such a lab because you have so many elements in it. So once you need to have so many agencies involved, it, there's a long delay. There's a long delay and also it allows for people to pretty much get away with it. Um, the other issue is that, you know, these people change companies, change owners, and what we found out with Jesse Jew, he changed his identity. So when, wow. he, when he entered the United States in 2021, mm -hmm. he entered under a different name. What was it, David Ha or something, or? Yeah, David Ha, and he got a, you know, a government issued, you know, employment card. From China or from uh, from USA, he was able to change his name in the U.S. He he entered in USA with a, with different, a different name, name, and he got a you know employment card. So at this point, when you have different companies, different entities, different names, and different background, it seems almost impossible to uh, to figure out you know it's the same person. Um, it, it feels that if we did all this investigation and we found this much, the FBI would probably know a lot more you know, about the background and about what they've done. So probably if they pretty much tighten the screws more around these illegal activities, you know, there could be more found out or there could be more, um, uh, more control done. For the leaders that are in California, for the people of California, uh, do you guys have any thoughts about how to deal with a situation like this? The reason it's difficult is because um, uh, we are dealing with people who come from a system that doesn't necessarily comply with the law. Like in the U.S., the, 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 the strategy, the, the, the structure of pretty much everything is built on honesty. It's an, uh, it's an honor system. You know, my son took a, took a test home, you know, and he said, you know, you have an hour to finish the test and then you return the next day, right? So it's an honor system. You don't um, cheat. Exactly. You just, you just follow the rules. Exactly. And th that's the way the system works in the U.S. Now, when you have entities that come from a country like China where it, it's not the rule of law, it, it, it's, it's not, 
you know, based on honor system. It's based on who you know, and 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 also they have you know a, a huge number of uh, secret police police watching over them. If you had secret police in the U.S. watching on these labs, then you would probably figure it out, right? But we don't, or at least we don't know. So the system is in a way flawed. It's a good system, but when you have these elements that come from a system where it's not the rule of law to be honest or to, to work on, on honor system, it's very difficult to deal with. And, and we have to find ways to deal with it. But ultimately, the blame would not be on, on the US or on the, on the state of California. The blame would still have to go back to the people who broke the law. And not, not, it's not that we don't have good enough laws. Is that these guys are doing bad things and they should be held responsible. So we have to be more careful when we are dealing with Who we let with, in yeah. and, and, and how who we, we deal. work with, you yeah. know, and who we make deals, who we lease the, the warehouse to. Yes. And do you have any other thoughts for our audience, Lear? I can read Chinese. So, I, I, so that's, that's good for this story, you know. Uh, we, so we can find the, the connection between Jesse Zhu and his companies. So it's very hard for people that don't read Chinese to be able to get, get this information you guys got. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's one more little story I want to share. And this is when we were trying to connect Jesse Jew with the rest of, of the California operation, right? And I remember that, that evening, you know, uh, Lear was telling me, you know, that there's a company in China that's called IDA, Biopharmaceuticals. And that the, the CEO of the Universal Meditech, the, the California company, is also a, a general manager of the company in China. And then the, the other person that works with Prestige Biotech, also from California, is another officer of the company in China. So they're very related, right? So we have this information with us. We're looking at it. And then I remember the night I had like 20 tabs open because we still cannot connect it with Jesse Jew, right? Because he has all these other companies in Canada. So I slept, I went to sleep, and then the next morning, you know, I, I get up and then I, I look at my computer again and then I, open, I look at one of the tabs. And the first thing I see is from a ruling from Canada from 2016 in which it says, Ida is also controlled by Jesse Jew. And then when I saw that, wow, there's our proof right there. There's our connection, how all of this maze, it's kind of connected now. You know, we have the same people doing the same things everywhere. Well, it's great work you guys did, a lot of hard investigative work. Steve Ispas, reporter, and Lear Joe, reporter from Epoch Times in San Francisco. It was great to have you on California Insider. Thank you for having us. Thank you. If you haven't checked out CaliforniaInsider.com, we highly recommend you do that now because we're going to have a lot of news and videos there. And on top of what we have there right now, we're building a really big platform to cover what's happening in California so you can be informed. We're going to have more shows, more videos from all aspects of life in California. Go to CaliforniaInsider.com and we'll see you there.